Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, good to be with you again. Uh, again, I'm with you, but you're not with me, but good to share with you in this way uh, at the moment. And happy Mother's Day to all our mothers. Uh, it's going to be a little bit different uh, for some of us, not able to actually be with our mothers, but we want to celebrate our mothers anyway, and we want to praise God for you, and we want to say thank you uh, for all that you do for us, and uh, celebrate as best we can as uh, we remember our mothers. Well, if you're old like me, uh, you might remember the great boxer from the 1960s and 70s, Muhammad Ali. Uh, he was famous as well for his uh, boxing, world champion, Olympic gold medalist. He was famous as much for his boxing as he was for his TV interviews and the witty rhymes that he would often make up about his opponents. He would say things like, I float like a butterfly and I sting like a bee. But he was also famous for a statement that he would say again and again, especially when he was talking about his opponents. He'd say, they can't beat me because I am the greatest. Well, he claimed to be the greatest. We always thought that it was a bit arrogant of him to say that, but you know, he beat just about everyone who got in the ring with him, so for a time, he was the greatest. But we always knew that at some point he was going to get old and slow, and someone younger and faster was going to come along, and so Ali's claim to be the greatest was only a temporary one, and we understood that. Well, we've been looking at the seven words that Jesus spoke in John's Gospel, and you know, each of those words that Jesus spoke begins with this phrase, I am. But unlike Ali's temporary claim to be the greatest, temporary I am, Jesus' I am has an eternal quality about it. There's a story in the book of Exodus when God calls Moses to go to Egypt and to lead God's people out of Egypt towards the promised land. There's a, a, a part of the story when Moses says to God, suppose I go to the people and tell them that you've sent me to, to lead them out and, and suppose they don't believe me and they say to me, who sent you to lead us out? What am I going to tell them? And God says to Moses, tell them I am has sent you. That's the name that God used for himself, I am. It's kind of one of those difficult phrases to translate into English, but it, it kind of means I am that I am, uh, the eternal I am. And it's, uh, it's the, the name that God used of himself. And so when Jesus says these seven statements in the, word of John, in the book of John and uses I am, to introduce each of those words, he's not only making a statement about himself, but he's actually identifying himself with God. He's using that eternal name for himself. He's identifying himself as God. So when Jesus says, I am, it's not a temporary statement that he makes like Muhammad Ali's statement. This is an eternal statement that Jesus makes about himself and placing himself equal with God, saying, in effect, that he is God as he makes these statements. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we looked at the first two I am statements that Jesus made of himself in the book of John. I am the bread of life. That 
most necessary element of life that all of us need to live life the way God intended it. Only Jesus can provide that. Jesus said also, I am the light of the world. Life can be uh, darkness and, and gloom and, and we constantly feel like we're reaching out for something that we can't quite reach. And yet Jesus, the light of the world, brings light and life into our lives. And we saw that as the bread of life and as the light of the world, Jesus gives us a new life. If we would only come to him, if we would only believe in him, he would give us a new life. Well, I want to read for you from John chapter 10, just a handful of verses. We're going to look at the next couple of I am statements that Jesus makes of himself. So John chapter 10, starting at verse 7. Therefore Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. The wolf attacks the sheep and scatters the flock. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know my Father. And I lay my life down for the sheep. Hey, let's pray as we begin to look into this word and see what Jesus is saying to us. Father, we thank you for these moments we have together to look into your word and we pray that as we uh, as we look at these things for just these few moments lord that you'd open it up to us so that we understand what you're saying to us and what you mean by what you say to us help us to see the life and the light that you're giving to us through these words in jesus name amen in 1944 a Japanese soldier who'd been fighting on the island of Guam was separated from his uh, fellow troops and in a panic found a cave in the jungle that he was able to hide in. Eventually, as the war ended, leaflets were dropped all over the then-occupied territories so that any soldiers left in the jungle would know that the war was, was ended. And, and this Japanese soldier found the leaflets and he knew that the war had, had ended but yet he was still too afraid to go out, so he stayed in that cave for another 28 years, only coming out at night. He survived on frogs and rats and snails and anything like that he could get his hands on. And even though he knew the war was over, yet he was too afraid to come out. Finally, he was found and told that he was free, and eventually he was taken back to Japan and reunited with his family. But as I read that story, I realized that there are a lot of people, a lot of us perhaps, who find ourselves hiding in a cave of our own making because we're afraid. We're afraid of all sorts of things. Just too afraid to go out, so we find ourselves hiding away from the world because fear has kept us in hiding for so long. Well, the context of this passage that we read 
Jesus in chapter 9. Jesus comes across a man who was born blind. And there's a discussion about why the man was born blind. But in the, in the, uh, in the end of that discussion, Jesus heals the man so that he sees for the first time in life. And as the people of the community recognize that this man born blind suddenly now sees, he's brought before the leaders of the people and they can't understand how this man born blind can suddenly now see. At first, they didn't believe that he'd been born blind, so they called in his parents. And his parents said, yes, that's our son, and yes, he really was born blind. Then they couldn't believe that a blind man could be healed so that he could see. After that, they refused to believe that it would be Jesus who would have been the one to heal this blind man. And in the end of all of that discussion, they finally decide to kick the man out of the synagogue, which basically means that the man is kicked out of society and becomes an outcast. He started the story as a blind beggar and ends up the story as a seeing outcast. And as the wash-up of that incident takes place, Jesus gets into a discussion with the leaders of the people about shepherds leading sheep. And you might think, what's that got to do with a, a blind man? But Jesus is speaking to the leaders of the people and, and comparing with them with a shepherd who cares for his sheep. And Jesus is really saying, you are bad shepherds, not caring for your sheep. And they don't quite understand what he's talking about. But eventually Jesus, in verse 7 of John chapter 10, gets to this statement and he says, I am the gate for the sheep. So what does he mean by that? Well, we need to understand what Jesus meant by gate. Now, gates in Bible days were very important. You might imagine that cities in those days needed to be able to defend themselves. So most cities, like Jerusalem, were built with walls surrounding them and usually only one gate in the wall to go in and out. Usually the city had a wall built around the outside with a gate and then inside that wall there was a second wall with a gate. And to get into the city you had to go first through the outer gate and then through the inner gate. And in between those two gates was a very important place in the city. It was the place that agreements were made. There's a story in uh, Genesis of Abraham agreeing to buy some land, with uh, buy it from the people who own the land, and he, he makes the agreement before the witnesses, in front of the witnesses, who happen to be present in the gates of the city, in this space between the gates. There's another story of, in the book of Ruth of uh, Boaz, uh, who was a, a kinsman of uh, Ruth, agreeing to redeem her, to, in a sense, buy her out and marry her, even though there was someone who had a prior claim uh, to Ruth. Uh, and that agreement was made in the city gates before the witnesses that happened to be present. Not only agreements, but usually kings would sit in that space between the gates, and that would function like the town hall or the law courts 
cases were heard in that space between the gates and, and cases would be tried before the witnesses that happened to be present at that moment. Often there was a market happening between the gates. We're also told the ancient prophets would uh, preach in that space between the gates and uh, it's said that they established justice between the gates. If you're in trouble, if you're on the run for some particular reason, it was said that you could run to the gates of the city and if you got to the gates of the city, then you would, your case could be heard. There would be someone there, a judge or a king, or someone who could hear your case and you'd find safety and security if you could run to the gates of the city. You know, gates are also mentioned in the last book of the Bible, in the book of Revelation, when it's describing the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven and it talks about the gates that will be open for people to enter into. Gates were very important. They were the entrance into and there was also the exit out of. If you wanted to go into or come out of the city, you had to go through that gate. They were the places for justice, it's where the king held court. They were the places of truth where the prophets preached. And gates were like a shield. In fact, the word gate is often translated shield. It was a place of safety and security, the gates of the city. Well, Jesus says, I am the gate for the sheep. It's not only the way in and the way out of the sheep pen for the sheep to get in and out of, but Jesus is saying, I am that way, I am that gate, I am that shield. The place of protection, the place of security, the place of safety for the sheep. But Jesus also says, I am the gate, whoever enters through me will be saved. Now when Jesus makes that statement, he's not only speaking of himself as the gate, he's also talking about the way of salvation. You know, I Remember someone saying to me years and years ago, there's lots of streets and they all end up at the city square, so there are lots of ways to find God. That's not true. If you've fallen for that, you've fallen for a lie. Jesus has said, and we've read it this morning, I am the gate. And just as there was often only one gate into the city, so Jesus is saying he is the only gate. If you want to find salvation, you must enter through him. I am the gate, whoever enters through me will be saved. Jesus is the gate who provides salvation for us. He's the gate who provides security for us. He's the gate who will restore life for us. Uh, he's the gate where we can find security and hope. If your life is broken, if you're feeling torn to pieces by the wolves that are out there, then you need to run to the gate, who is Jesus. And if you run to Jesus, you will find salvation, you'll find protection, you'll find security. The only way through Jesus. Well, Jesus goes on from there to say, I am the good shepherd. He says, I am the gate for the sheep, I am the good shepherd. You know, this is the one who makes our lives secure. If gates are the place where we find that security, Jesus is the one, the shepherd, who gives us 
that security. You know, everyone longs for security. We're told by experts that a sense of security is one of the uh, most basic uh, senses that we have. We, we need to feel as though we're loved, we need to feel as though our lives have purpose, and we need to feel a sense of security. Jesus is that security for us. We live out that need for security by locking our doors at night, by locking our cars when we park them in the street, by making sure that everything that we own and that we are is safe and secure. That's how we outlive that sense of our need for security. But Jesus is saying, I am the gate, the place where you can find security and safety, and I am the good shepherd. And he's just spoken about how good shepherds protect the sheep. Now, Jesus says this twice. He says, I am the good shepherd two times. Shepherds in the Bible are really important. You know, Moses, the great leader of the people, started out life as a shepherd. David, the great king, the greatest king that Israel has ever had, also started out his life as a shepherd. In fact, I was reading the other day that the scepter that a king would use, which would represent the protection and the authority and power of a king was usually modelled on the staff that a shepherd carried. And a shepherd would use that staff to protect his sheep. If a sheep needed to be lifted up out of a hole, he would use the, the, the hook on the end of his staff to lift the sheep up. A shepherd would also use that staff to protect the sheep. If there was an animal or something that came to attack the sheep, he'd use that as a weapon to protect the sheep. So the idea of shepherds is not only for protection, it's for security, it's for care as well. So, but what does Jesus mean when he says, I am the good shepherd? Well, he's saying two things, I think. First of all, he's using that picture of a shepherd caring for his sheep to describe himself, caring for his people. And he's also contrasting good shepherds with bad shepherds. The leaders of the people in Jesus' day were called bad shepherds because they cared more about themselves than they did for the people. But Jesus, the good shepherd, cares more about his people than he does for himself. And he's also reflecting on Old Testament prophecies that condemn the leaders of the people for caring more about themselves than they do for the people. But Jesus, in making this statement, I am the good shepherd, first of all says, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. In that statement, Jesus is talking about what he would do when he went to death on the cross for his people. Again, he's contrasting himself with the bad shepherds, the leaders of the people that don't care about the people at all. But Jesus says that he's prepared to lay down his life for the people that he loves. There's a picture there of the Passover lamb. The, the uh, ancient Israelites were told at a certain time of the year during a certain festival that they were to take a lamb, they were to uh, butcher the lamb, they were to take some of the blood from the lamb and put it on their doorpost and, and uh, when God saw that, he would pass over their, their house and everyone within that house would be safe. That was a way of God passing over the angel of death that was going to visit the people at that time, passing over those houses where the blood was sprinkled. But it was also a picture looking forward 
to Jesus, the Passover lamb killed for his people during the festival of Passover. Now Jesus is saying the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus takes care of his sheep. I am the gate, the place of safety and security. I am the good shepherd caring for my sheep. Jesus also says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. This is a picture that Jesus is uh, using of uh, ancient times where, where often there were lots of different flocks of sheep all kept together in the same pen. And in the morning as the shepherds would come to lead their flocks out to find pasture, the shepherd would call his sheep and the sheep that knew his voice would separate themselves out of the flock and join their shepherd and go out and find pasture. And Jesus is using that picture to talk about how he knows his people and his people know him. There's a picture there of relationship. So Jesus, the gate for the sheep, is the way into security. It's the way into safety. It's the way into life. Jesus, the good shepherd, laying down his life because he cares for the sheep. Jesus, the good shepherd, in relationship with his sheep. The only way to find life is through Jesus because he cares for and he knows you. You might not know him, but he knows you. It's the only place to find security and relationship through Jesus. So what does that mean for you? Well, we spoke last time about Jesus, the bread of life, Jesus, the light of the world, our new life. Now we're speaking about Jesus, the gate for the sheep, and Jesus, the good shepherd. Here is a new security, a new life, and a new security waiting for you. If your life feels insecure, then you need the security of the life that Jesus gives. You need to enter through Jesus. We spoke last time about coming to Jesus and believing in him. If you accept what Jesus is saying, if you enter in through him, you find life and you find security. You also need to know that Jesus lays down his life for you. He cares for you more than you can even imagine. You're important to him and he's promised to care for and protect you as you enter into life with him. You also need to know relationship with Jesus. You know, God has shown us again and again in his word that he wants to have relationship with his people. And that's what Jesus says when he says, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. There's relationship. True security is only possible in relationship with Jesus. If you need security in your life, if you need security for the future, we don't know what the future holds. The only place to find security is in Jesus. If you're afraid in this life, or if you're afraid of leaving this life and going into the next life, enter through Jesus. Come to Jesus. Believe in him. Know that he lays down his life for you, and then you'll know relationship with him, and you'll find a place of security, of safety, and of life. Well, if you want to enter into that life, then I want to invite you to 
hand your life over to Jesus. Give your life to him. We can do that as we pray together. And I want to invite you to pray with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you care for me. I thank you that you lay your life down for me. I thank you that in you I can find a place of security and life. So I come to you now and I give all of my insecurities to you and I hand my life over to you. As I enter in through you, I thank you for the security of your life that you give me. I thank you for the relationship that I enter into with you and I thank you for the care that you give to me. Lord, I pray that as we celebrate this Mother's Day together as we're able and as we think on these things, remembering that you are the gate for the sheep and the good shepherd, I pray, Lord, that you would call us to yourself, that we might find the security, the life and the relationship that only you can give us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I trust you have a great day. Be blessed. I look forward to being with you again into the future. God bless.